0: Block Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Fearless Generations with Terry Sayer and Kelly Fox. Hello and welcome to Fearless Generations, Twelve Steps to Freedom. Tonight is a big night. We will see if we can actually accomplish it because we are reviewing Step 1 through 7, and we're excited to do this because I feel like it's good to every once in a while take a little break from uh, continually moving forward on the machine of this fearless path and do a little bit of review. And I'm also excited to have my co-host, the beautiful Terry is there, but also we have an amazing guest coach tonight. But first, Terry,
0: how are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Glad to be here. <laughs> Glad to welcome Jesse to our show this evening. Yes, yes. It's good to be here. It's good to be
1: involved in something where we're giving support and we're doing something positive and we're being of service. Um, Especially, I think, at this time, the best thing to do do when you're kind of stuck in your stuff is to serve someone else. So I'm excited to um, introduce you guys to our guest guest coach tonight. She has not been on the show before, and so I'm really excited for you guys to all hear from her and learn from her. So let's welcome... Jesse Rowe, how are you doing tonight? Hi, huh? great. Thank you, guys, for having me. Of course, we're excited to have you. It's always, uh, it's always preferred for me to have another coach, another point of view, another vocabulary, another set of tools um, to support our listeners in their journey and. Um, Their process. So we're excited to have you here, and for uh, not only our listeners to learn from you, but ourselves as well.
0: Absolutely.
1: So we're going to we're going to start um, with our steps. And if you guys are new, or if you don't remember, the first step to our uh, our fearless path is. Awareness. So, with awareness, once we are aware there is a situation, then we can choose to do something about it, right? But we can't do something about it before we are aware. So, Jesse, how does awareness play in your journey? How do you how do you use it to support yourself and to support those who you support? You know, uh, awareness is absolutely huge. In fact, I just had a call with someone yesterday in regards to awareness. I personally do a lot of journaling. I um, do what was taught to me in a partial hospitalization setting called a daily check-in that really makes me aware, not only conscious of what I'm going to be doing that day, but how am I mentally? How am I physically? And... It puts it all into perspective. I do that every single morning. And when it's nice enough, I do it outside where I'm most comfortable. And it just, it really, really brings forth any negative thoughts. Like I did it on Saturday. And what I didn't realize was until I went back and looked at the day before, my mental health in this quarantine and this pandemic was slowly declining. I was slowly mm-hmm. getting into that anxiety, depression.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can relate so to that. I was, that... I. I was just going to say, I had, I had the same experience. I felt like I was handling it well, and I, I also journal every day. And uh, and then all of a sudden, it just hit me that I that I was not doing all right, and I was feeling very much like. Uh, I was gonna cry all the time. It was like tears were just at the, you know, brimming at the, at the, at the bottom of my eyelids, and it was like, what is going on? And I was able to talk to some friends about about what it was, and it was that I was just I by myself, and I'm sheltering in, and my children are supporting me in that. And all of a sudden, it was just that I I felt so in need of physical touch. So I had yes. friends that said, well, you know, I had some friends that said, well, get, get yourself, a, you know, a stuffed animal. Do you have a stuffed animal or something? I thought, oh, that's silly. And then I had my daughter pick me up, I said, pick me up a stuffed animal, and she went to my great-granddaughter loaned me this huge bunny. And so all of a sudden <laughs> I had this object that I could hug, and honestly it felt like it was hugging me back. And it just yeah. made all the difference in the world that I became aware that it was physical touch that was making me feel more alone than being alone. And uh, it was just right. such an awareness. And at first it just sounded silly. And then I just said, you know what, I'm going to go for it and try it. And it made an amazing difference in my capacity to be aware of what it was I needed and to to utilize what I had to get what I needed. And it was really <laughs> really amazing, I keep telling people how amazing it is, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, I love that story, and I think you both of you brought brought you know the point of what awareness does, right, like once you become aware and you both have these great tools of journaling and helping yourself you know have that daily check in as Jesse said with yourself and seeing where you are, you were able to be aware of these uneasy emotions, the anxiety or the sadness or whatever it might be. And then that awareness gave you the ability to choose, right? Yes. Yes. And so by choosing to do something about it, like as in Terry said, she at first she thought, oh, that's such a silly idea. But then she decided to try it out and see how it worked, you know, see how it went. And the ability that allowed her to do that is step two, willingness. So step two is willingness. Terry was willing to be seen as silly or feel silly with her big, big bunny. And she she was willing to do it anyways. And because that, she was. She had great comfort from it. So I want to ask you, Jesse, with your your awareness that you had with this journaling, what then did it did it bring you to? What were you willing to or not willing to do? Like, was that an additional awareness? It was definitely additional awareness. I was in my past. I've gone down a bad rabbit hole once before, and so mm-hmm. I was not willing to go down that rabbit hole. What I was willing to do is my mom, uh, every year, I help her with her garden. And so Mm -hmm. we met up and I was outside in beautiful weather lifting pots and doing gardening stuff that got my mind off of it.
0: Mm-hmm. And awesome. when I came
1: home, I'll be honest, I was so tired. I didn't even <laughs> I didn't even think twice about it after that. but I will tell you that, in the process of gardening, I was able to have a very down to earth conversation with my mom that said, "You know what? I feel like I'm grieving, I'm grieving the loss mm-hmm. of the world in the way it used to be, and so yeah. I I got further clarity and then the willingness to say, no, I'm not going to do that, but you know what I am going to do? I'm going to do something like this because it's good for my mind and it's good for my body. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So being willing to do a proactive behavior for yourself, being willing to connect with nature, being willing to connect with your mom, being willing to do something for yourself, then, to sit in it, because that's what you knew you weren't willing to do, right? You weren't willing to sit in it and let it drive you down. You were willing to take action and do something else. And I think that that is the the power of willingness. Like, whenever we find ourselves not doing something, but we keep saying, oh, I want to do this, or I need to do this, or I have to do this, but we're not, it's because we it's because our willingness is low, right? Like if you ask yeah. yourself, how willing am I to do whatever this is on a scale from one to 10, if you are a five or lower, you're not going to do it because you're not willing. Right? You're not willing to do it. So it's not going to happen. So you need to either reassess what the thing is and see if you really do want to do it. Like maybe you think you should, but you don't want to, Right. So can you let go of this right. can you let go of the expectation that's around it? Or do you need to say, Okay, I really do want to do this and then how can I increase my willingness around it? Right? So, um Terry, what um from what I'm saying, what, what is anything coming up for you around willingness?
0: Well, I think willingness is, is the key. Uh to be you know to be first being aware and then being willing to to recognize the awareness, accept the awareness, and then being willing to and you don't have to do it right away, you might be willing to think about it, you might be willing to write down some proactive behaviors you might be willing to analyze uh where you are, where do you feel good who who do you need to call who would you know just it's not like oh, all of a sudden I'm willing, and it's all done, you know, and you just rush right out and do it. There's a process to willingness, and it it might take take a number of steps to get to that to be be willing to do it so it's not it's not like oh I'm aware and I'm willing and boom, <laughs> I do it it's that awareness and then that willingness to think about it to talk about it to make take steps forward to write down behaviors that would help you have proactive behaviors being willing to say no to the to your self destructive behaviors and to move to move forward. So I, I never want to give people the impression that, oh, it's going to happen all at once because it may not happen all at once. It might take uh, your willingness to do some steps prior to actually doing the thing uh, that you're willing to willing to do, if that makes sense. yeah,
1: yeah makes it great sense. Well, at least it, it does for me. Um, yeah, and Justy too. So,
0: yeah, I think
1: <laughs> that that's a great point that we don't, um that we don't have like more expectations on ourselves, right? Like like we're once we become aware, we're just going to do, right? Because a lot of people say, well, I I know how to do this, so why why aren't I doing it? Right? And mm-hmm. that that's not necessarily how things work. Like I know what a healthy diet looks like. I know eating vegetables um, and, you know, now I can't even think, but eating vegetables and less, you know, processed food and all this kind of stuff, right? I know these things, but do I do them? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. <laughs> so that, that space between know and do, that's life. And people want yeah. to skip over that part and just get to the do. But that you can't avoid your life. So, yes, I love that you said that, Carrie, because I think that it really is an important point to make. Jesse, is there something else that you wanted to add about willingness? You know, I think one of the things with willingness also comes for accountability. I tell my clients, my podcast people, have a circle of three that's your safe circle. That's a circle of three people that you can talk to about anything. My mom is one of them. And, you know, also somebody that's not going to let you move into pity city who is going to hold mm-hmm. you accountable, even if it's to get out of bed and take a shower, just mm-hmm. something as basic as that. So I think accountability, yeah. having accountability partners is really important for willingness. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Taking Taking a shower is one of my proactive behaviors. So I I love that you found that. And I love that you talked about um, having a group of three. And because step number three is connection. And connection is so important. And you were talking about having people that you could connect with that really get you and support you and are there to remind you of who you are and what you're committed to. But it's also important to be connected with ourselves. And that kind of plays into what both of you said about awareness because your journals are a way for you to stay connected to yourself, right, so that you can be aware of those awarenesses. And so I think that connection is such a powerful step on this journey um, because it involves connecting with yourself on a deeper level, right, that which then helps you connect with others on a deeper level. And one of the main human needs that we have is connection. So to be able to connect on a deeper level with yourself and with others is going to be such um I don't know. I can't think of the word, but such a an amazing thing that you could have in your life to fulfill that that main human need. Absolutely. Yeah, Jesse, um, as you were saying about the the three people, how have you seen that that connection um, benefit you in your life? I have seen, um, well, it's been a very interesting road as I've had mental health issues and recovering alcoholism issues. And what's very interesting is I went from a circle of like 30 to a circle of like zero. And mm. I had to start from scratch. But what I discovered was they were all surface people. They were not deep divers and they were not the ones to really kick me in the rear when I needed it or the ones I could cry to when I was really at a low. And Mm -hmm. it's very interesting because over the last two years, it's gone from a circle of three, you know, to a tribe of like 10 people. And it's, Mm. it's wonderful. Um, but you know, you have to start small, and so that's why I always say start with three. And there were two right off the bat. But what's interesting is when you really start thinking about those people, all of a sudden you realize, Wow, that person really wouldn't want to listen to this. And then you start realizing, Are they really my friend? What are they? What is their purpose in my life? Mm-hmm. And you when you start to let things kind of fade away, it really opens up a window for the right people to come in your life. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely believe that. When we create space, something is going to come in and take it up. So if we are wanting uh, different friends, if we're wanting a different environment for ourselves, we have to create space for that, and we have to be very mindful of what comes in to replace it, and so I think that that is um, that's definitely something um, that supports me. I have some amazing friends, and I have friends that I hang out with that are fun, but they're not ones that I'm going to go to when I have a problem, right? right? So we can have we can have different levels of friendship. We can have different levels of support, um, you know. I could go to one person for concerns I have about money, but they're not the right person to go to when I have concerns about my kids or my husband, right? Not everybody Mm -hmm. is going to be that support person in every area of our life. So that's why I think it's so important that we have more than one person to go to because not one person can handle everything.
0: We need to have
1: a bigger team than that.
0: Carrie, uh, what would you like to share with us about connection tonight? Well, I think you've really covered it. I mean, connection certainly—that uh, was what I was missing. I was missing the connection to human touch. I mean, there are so many different kinds of things of connections beyond just friends. You know, connecting mm-hmm. to our soul, connecting to our heart, connecting—you know, there's there's so many ways that that we can connect that support us. And so I think. For me, I, what I found out in that moment of awareness was that I was, I was missing the connection to human touch. And uh, mm-hmm. being alone, I mean, I, I've been a widow for many years, and I have children that, you know, have fulfilled that uh, need for human touch. I'm a hugger, and it was like, I can't live without this. And this was the first time I had had to even contemplate living without that, and that awareness uh, really impacted me and will continue to impact me. And I'll recognize that that's a really important component in my connection with, uh, with others is human touch. And just, I mean, I taught for almost 40 years, and I know how important it was for me as a teacher to just put my hand on a child's shoulder and feel their body have a visceral calming. And just knowing that human touch is so powerful and that connection is really important to me, and I think that was the awareness and then the, the willingness to reach out to find that in some way and then the connection that I was able to make to that, that all worked together for my mental, emotional, and social well-being. Physical as well. Yeah, <laughs> it, uh, The whole, the whole yeah. thing. <laughs> and I think it should be said,
1: too, that if you're not connecting – you're isolating, and isolating leads us down those bad rabbit holes. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. now more than ever during this pandemic, I mean, I'm an extreme extrovert. My mom is an extreme introvert. And my mom literally looked at me and said, you know, this was great for the first month, but I'm not okay mm-hmm. anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. Which yeah.
1: For a severe introvert to say that was like, whoa, and so I did. What can I do to support you? What can mm-hmm. I do to help you? And mm-hmm. you know what? It's She wants something as simple as a phone call in the morning. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's great.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be a total hug fest when this is over and we can be close to each other. So everybody's going to realize that they really are a hugger when they thought they weren't. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, Terry is an introvert as well, and so I think she can kind of relate to that. Um, what you said about your mom, um, and you know I'm also an extrovert as as you Jesse, and I'm lucky that I well it's a blessing and a curse with most things. But um, I live in a house with seven other people, so I get that interaction. I get the hugs, still. I get you know all that. Um, so I more miss, like, the times when I don't have to have my mom's hat on. You know, I miss being able to go out and be with my friends, you know, and just be Kelly. Um, so, it, mm-hmm. you know, everybody is going to have something where they're feeling that, that lack in the outward connection. But I think this time has also been a big time of people going inward and people taking the time to slow down and really connect to themselves and ask themselves some, probably some pretty big questions that they hadn't taken the time to
0: do previously. Yeah, so, Kelly, what comes after connection? Because if we've got seven to get through, we better get them moving.
1: I know, I know, I know. We have so much to say. Um, the next is passion. Next is compassion, and I think that this is a Mm -hmm. time to have great compassion. There's a lot of shoulds out there right now where people are saying that you should react this way or you should react that way and you should do this or that, and I think that we all need to um, give ourselves a break and have a little compassion for however it is that we're handling this because there really is no should or, or one way to handle this situation. And I think compassion for ourselves, but then also compassion for others, because we're not going to all react the same. So other people are going to, um, you know, not take this as seriously, or other people are going to isolate, or other people are going to do whatever. And so it's not only having compassion for ourselves, but those that we come in contact with. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. it is an unprecedented mm-hmm. time. Yeah, for sure. But sadly, there is no roadmap to how to navigate Mm-mm. through this time. But I, I couldn't agree with you more about compassion. And, you know, I've actually been experiencing it, seeing it, giving it, with all these parents who never thought we would be homeschool teachers. Suddenly, the parent shaming and the mom shaming has stopped, and all of a sudden, we're all one big village together. That's so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, growing up in a family of teachers, I have never desired (laughs) to be one, and now (laughs) I am the teacher, um, and it's not fun, and it reinforces my knowledge that I don't want to be a teacher, but... (laughs) <laughs> Some people said, Oh, does it make you does it make you more grateful for teachers? And I I mean, yeah, it does, but I already was grateful for teachers because I know I know how hard they work because I grew up with yeah. them and I still have them. I mean so many conversations about school in my household. So um so yeah, I think um that's a great example of how people are having
0: more compassion. Carrie? Yeah, well, I mean compassion to me is is uh synonymous with love and I think that's for me that's that's my passion and my my value is built around loving loving my brothers and sisters. I mean it's just, for me it's it's part of my my, um, my faith system. It's part of my purpose uh is to be compassionate. And not that it's easy for me to be compassionate, but I know that it nurtures me to be compassionate. And I just think that compassion for oneself is super important. Uh, As we build compassion for ourselves, we can authentically love ourselves. And when we authentically love ourselves, we can authentically love others. And I think without compassion, oftentimes love comes from a place of duty or a place of i have to do that i should do that as a mom i need to do this as a, as a teacher as a daughter as a sister but when you really tr- truly have compassion for yourself and love yourself as a daughter of god then you can turn and love others from that uh, authentic uh place where it's is truly is truly love it's not a have to or a should it's an expression yeah. of compassion yeah Yeah, when you
1: said that, it really made me think of seeing others' innocence, but Mm -hmm. also more important, seeing our own. And when we can see Mm -hmm. our own innocence, then it's much easier to see someone else's. Um, So we're down to like four minutes, three minutes. Um, And
0: so (laughs) the
1: the next steps are um, step four is a – no, we already did step four. Compassion is step four. Step five is accountable. Step six is present moment, and step seven is surrender. So, um, for our last little, um, our last little thing that we're going to say tonight, um, I'd love for Jesse for you to think of either one of those three and just uh, give us the um, the most important thing you would want us to know about one of those three steps? You know, well, I think we covered um, five and six in the beginning. So I'd love to cover surrender and humbling yourself. Awesome. And in and this time, um, at any time, my faith system is I need to surrender and give to my higher power that this is going to be okay. And mm-hmm. for me, that is what gets me through the anxiety, the depression, the fear, all of that. And that is the strongest thing I can say is is give it over to that higher power to the, if it's it's God for me, if it's the universe for you, give it over because it, it's way bigger than us. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Letting go of the myth of people is such a <laughs> liberating thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I mean, to me, it's just uh, I think faith negates fear. And for me, faith is in my higher power, God for me. And when I have faith, knowing that that everything is in his hands, he has a plan. And my part in that plan is to follow him and to surrender to his will. And I think that brings you uh, to a place of peace and inner joy. And that is what gets us through uh, trying times. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: I thank you so much for being here tonight, Jesse. I've loved everything you shared. Thank you, you guys. guys. I'm sure our listeners have loved it as well. And if you'd like to know more about Jesse, um, please uh, ask us at Fearless, uh, Fearless Generations on Facebook, or um, you can, uh, which we're going to tag her there. And so you'll be able to uh, see her there, or she's she's on Facebook herself and probably other places as well. But we didn't get to that. I am so sorry. Um, But we appreciate our listeners coming back each week. We ask that you come back again and uh, stick with us. We're going to move on to step eight next um, next week, which is possibilities, my favorite one. I'm super
0: excited about
1: that. And until next week, everyone, be fearless.
0: Be fearless. Thank you, Jesse. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye.